The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Monday morning and welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber along with Jim Cramer. Carl has the morning off. Let's give you a look at futures. We get started for the week with trading 30 minutes from now. And you can see we are going to uh, start on a down note, and a significantly down note. Why? Well, of course, because of where we'll begin this morning, the continuing market volatility in the wake of the Russia-Ukraine crisis. Western nations ramping up sanctions against Russia with steps including blocking some of its banks from the SWIFT global payment system. The ruble tumbled to fresh record levels. And the Russian central bank has raised its key interest rate, more than doubling it to 20 percent. There's that and a whole lot more to try to uh, grab a hold of this morning, Jim. Kind of interested as to where you want to start. Well, I mean, I think that we have to start with last week for a second. The Friday run was of kind of epic proportions on top of Thursday turn. So it would be possible that you would see a reversal of some even if nothing had happened. Uh, I know, obviously, there were a lot of news stories that there was no way that Ukraine wouldn't roll over. Ukraine hasn't rolled over. But we also know that it's in Putin's interest to not negotiate because that's Putin. I mean, he's just not going to just sit there and say, you know what, I'm done. It could well, be there, are, little- there are some negotiations that are taking place. It's unclear what the yeah. outcome in any will be with that. Um, of course, the Ukrainians have succeeded far beyond what many, including I think yourself, believe would be yes, the case. Yes, I did not think that, uh, that they would be When able this to... hostility began. Right. It, it well, appears I mean, to have been an underpowered invasion, so right. to speak, well, for the I, Russians. I bought into the seven divisions mechanized because that was the rap that we kept getting upstairs, so to speak, from the satellite. Now, obviously, there's a column going toward Kiev, but uh, it's starting to feel a little uh, Chechen, a little Chechia. You know, when the Chechnyans, so to speak, when they fought the Russians, initially they won, and then Putin came in and raised Grozny, their city. I mean, and by the way, the Russian soldiers had no problem firing on civilians then. It does seem like the Russian soldiers are, to me, holding back. But again, I want to get back from this, because I'm not an armchair general, and I've read, I've read, really so much about how Putin will continue and so much about how Putin is done. Let's just go back to our companies. Uh, There are not that many companies that are exposed, and yet our markets were down at one point much more than Germany and France and Italy. That makes no sense to me. Uh, What is China going to do? China's shut down. It's very hard to find out what they're going to do. But the idea that they have spent so much money in Europe and they're suddenly going to walk away from Europe when 25% of their country's exports go to Europe, that's a loser. So I do think that the increasing isolation of Putin does matter. But maybe Putin is a, a dangerous man who will stop at nothing. Well, that, that's a concern, of course, putting the, uh, the nuclear arsenal on a heightened level of alert, let's call it, uh, which he did yesterday, certainly concerned many people, as it should. Thankfully, we didn't yes. respond with, an, or tip, with our own heightened uh, alert at this point. But nonetheless, it, it's concerning. 
But obviously, every, the, every uh, even the prospect of, of anything involving a uh, nuclear arsenal is concerning, Jim. But the sanctions to date, obviously, they're hurting the ruble. But if you really want yes. to undo the Russian economy, you just stop taking their oil and gas. And that's not happened. Although Germany, obviously, has decided, you know what, we're, we're part of the West. It hasn't, but there, I mean, he has been isolated in Germany, uh, excuse me, Russia being isolated in a way that we have not seen in a very long time, right, if but, ever. But uh, but and I mean, just care? to quote JP Morgan, like so many other brokerage firms, of course, as you'd expect this morning, trying to give us some analysis here, they say the sanctions are more severe and wider than even the more extreme sanctions we had believed were in play just months ago will almost certainly hit the mark on the Russian economy, which now looks headed for a deep recession and the imposition of capital controls. Right. And the question also becomes, how much will this hit the Russian population? There's obviously some protests. People are, are quickly taken off the streets by the police when they do protest the war. But there, there could be some significant... Well, Iran had we put maximum sanctions on Iran at the beginning. Well, it meant a lot for their population. Right, but they wouldn't. Didn't they change, didn't over, didn't change their political right, system. There was no regime change. No. Uh, I don't think the Russians are about to have regime change, but the history of Russia is, is that if you fail, Yeltsin against Chechnya, the Chechens, wow, Yeltsin failed badly. So, you know, again, very difficult to say how long we are dealing with this because we it's an unknown. Chechnya went for a years. A few days ago, we would not have anticipated that Ukraine would well, have put up such a look, spirited the, defense. The, look, the, uh, the Russians have not gotten anywhere. Zelensky would cut and run, and he obviously didn't. Well, I don't know who, why people believe that, but he clearly well, has not. Well, look, again, uh, I'm not an armchair general. I'm looking at the companies whose stocks are down, because that's what we do. And there's stocks that have no uh, exposure are down as much as stocks that do have exposure. So that's the opportunity. Okay. Because, because the futures bring down everything. Yes. And the people who trade the futures don't know anything to, to you know, the futures were down horribly at one point today. Now they're coming back. But the the, uh, the role of the futures is kind of interesting, David. They kind of, the sellers come in hard. Then they walk away when buyers come in, like people who actually like work for a living. And then they come back. Uh, so don't trust the opening if it's not down 2%. Okay. All of which leaves us where when we do look at at opportunities to the extent you see any in this market Chevron. right now. Chevron. Oils. Oils. I'm just, look, BP's cutting and running, right? There's somebody's cutting. Well, cutting and running. I mean, they've had that Rosneft stake for a long time. I mean, right. you can go back, way back to the opening up of the Russian oil economy, so right. to speak. And BP was there. ExxonMobil was there for Sackle, a while. still there. Um, BP's the one that took that 20% stake yeah, that in Rosneft. Was, not clear what they're going to actually, no, other than saying not. that when we're getting out. Sale, not quite sure what BP you, does. You need a buyer when yeah. something's for sale. Yeah, there's, it's like, you know, my house is for sale and no buyers. Exactly. Uh, you need a market. It's not clear. But they are going to take a significant write-down, of course, material non-cash charge. Listen, I mean, $600 million in dividends they've been getting from that I stake know, just sure. last year. So you can kind of back into a value if you want to assume sort of a, a yield on, on that $600 million, which, by the way, going potentially going up as oil prices did. So not an insignificant hit for BP to take, but they're taking right. it. But if you look at, at, at Friday's action, at Thursday and Friday, you started seeing Procter come back, J&J. You saw consumer staples coming back, uh, interest rates go down. Let's just focus on interest rates. It's, it, there are a lot of people, Mike Wilson the negativist from Morgan Stanley, he doubles down. David, the negativism, I find, is uh, baffling to me. It's 100% negative. I don't know anyone who's sticking up right now and saying, you know what, this is a good chance to buy American stocks. I don't, right. Right. I don't see anyone saying it's time to buy American banks. 
And yet, if you bought First Horizon on Friday, you're doing pretty well. Well, listen, it, 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 to be fair, it is kind of scary right now. You are dealing with a, a leader of a, a, of a country that has 6,000 nuclear missiles. Right. Uh, and some people are concerned that he's not completely rational. I, I'm now. concerned of that. 69-year-old irrational man, 44 million people in Ukraine. And uh, you have to have an army of occupation. I think that he felt. What was the? Yeah. Okay. Here's what I think. Like he, that was. Here's what, what I think. The he plan. Felt. I think I mean, he felt it's easy like, to like others, work. including yeah. Nazi Germany. That they that were when just going to be like, okay. Yes. That when you go into Ukraine, people seem to think, well, you know, that everybody's a liberator. But the history of going in and trying to liberate Ukraine is is uh, ill-fated. It's a democracy. It, it, it's, you're not like discovering that it turns out everybody was for Russia. No, which they uh, weren't. Stalin felt that 31, 33 until he starved millions of people. Which, so let's just not underrate uh, yeah, the Ukrainian which may people. May reflect uh, Mr. Putin's misplaced. Uh, well, that could be misplaced perspective. Well, look, I mean, President Xi was his buddy. Yes, but if the Germans decide, you know what, we're in league with others, uh, including Italians, which have very close ties to the Russians, then I just think President Xi just kind of disappears. Hmm. He's not about to go uh, to the Kremlin and say, hey, I'm really glad that you're taking this action. Right. Um, he, he's an I economic want, I want to get to Leslie Picker on, on, on the swift uh, side of this because it's an important component overall of what we're dealing with in the market, which is digesting the news that certain Russian firms will no longer be able to use uh, or utilize swift. Leslie uh, has more on that story and can explain what it all means for us. Good morning. Hey, good morning, David. That's right. U.S. bank exposure to Russia is fairly limited, with only Citigroup having material exposure. That, according to a new note this morning by Goldman Sachs, Citi has about $5.5 billion worth of loans, unfunded commitments, investment securities, and trading account assets. That's as of the third quarter. Other large firm large cap firms don't break out their Russian exposure. However, the country is not on the top 20 list for any of them. That implies JP Morgan, Bank of America, Morgan Stanley, and Wells Fargo each have far less than $5 billion worth of exposure. European banks, on the other hand, have greater exposure to Russia, and that could have an indirect impact on Wall Street, especially if these sanctions are harmful to economic growth in the European region. J.B. Morgan in a note this morning saying, quote, while financial disruptions are likely to be severe in Russia and the sanctions so far can disrupt international financial flows, the impact will be limited at the global scale as the overseas exposure of Russian banks and financial system is relatively small. A closely followed rate strategist at Credit Suisse, however, had a different take yesterday saying, quote, that banks' inability to make payments due to their exclusion from SWIFT is the same as Lehman's inability to make payments due to its clearing bank's unwillingness to send payments on its behalf. The note went on to say that the same thing happened in March of 2020 when concerns about supply chain disruptions and lockdowns caused missed payments across the board. Now, the issue involves counterparty risk. Any global firm that had a derivative or swap outstanding with a sanctioned firm could be met with a counterparty that's unable to pay. But this market is opaque, so it's unclear where the risk lies and how systematic it really is at this point in time. However, you look at just trading in the U.S. firms, they're not down enough to, to imply that there is a, a concern about systemic risk at this point in time. Yeah. Uh, well, Leslie, in the past, uh, you know, in, in some of the cases you've incited, the Fed has taken action. Is there any expectation were something to arise here unexpected that the Fed would, would be able to figure it out? 
Yeah, so the Credit Suisse analyst was basically making a call to the Fed to, to step in and get involved and ensure that there's ample liquidity in the market. So far this morning, there hasn't been evidence of a, of a freeze of that nature that we saw in March of 2020, a Lehman moment, as he described. However, we're still getting some sense of kind of how these sanctions will roll out, how they'll actually play out in real time. So it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Steve Leisman, in his reporting, uh, has indicated that the Fed is, is watching it closely, but at this point in time, isn't taking any action. Yeah. Leslie, thank you. Well, you see the banks are down, but in some ways, take the 50 bips off the table, perhaps. Uh, interest rates going down. So you see the buyer condition of Toll Brothers. Pull. Were you thinking 50 for the, for yeah, the March meeting? absolutely. You were. And well, now you're starting to wonder whether that would be the case? I actually think that by that this time, some of this will resolve. I, I heard Lehman moment all weekend. And what's happened, what, with David, this Because of the SWIFT action? Yeah. yeah. Not what have happened is that it doesn't pay to be positive. You say it's a Lehman moment and it turns out to be bad, you're a genius. You say it's not a Lehman moment and it turns out to be bad, you're a fool. So what is the better thing to say? This is where the press fails. The press is worried about YouTube. The press is worried about saying anything positive right now because it'll be used against you. Uh, in the same way that this fellow who works at Fox is Tucker Carlson, you can see endless things about how he likes Putin. Like you can replay anything that you're really seemingly wrong on. So, I mean, it's very difficult to come out and say, you know what, I think that this is uh, uh, going to be calm for J.P. Morgan, and yet it will be. I'm not saying it's a buy because J.P. Morgan's quarter wasn't that good. Uh, I do say that uh, my chapel just put some Wells Fargo uh, at these levels last week because Wells doesn't play in Europe. Right. So if I, you know, if you buy Wells, then you're like betting that it's not that it might be 50 basis points. But I'm just saying that the that panic as encouraged by the media, is uh, unbeatable as a strategy. But I'm not going there. I'm just not going there. No, I don't think we're encouraging panic. Well, not you and me. Here at this desk. Not you and me. But you see, if you do get something, let's say you get a Chechnya kind of activity where they just raise the city of Kiev, uh, and you predict right now that they're going to raise the city of Kiev, you're going to look real smart. I'm not going there because I don't care about what the YouTube says. Well, hopefully YouTube that says won't about. be the case, and so far no, it hasn't I don't been think the case. It will. I don't think it will be the case. Good. And I think that we have to actually talk about how the fact that I, that I get you come in and there's just merger, merger, merger. Yeah. Even though they're not of the order of Verizon buying no, ATT. they're more acquisition, acquisition, acquisition. Right, but first Verizon's really been, a, been yeah. a, 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 every quarter they come on Mad We're going to talk, every quarter. We are going to talk about uh, at those deals. In fact, we'll start off when we come well, back talking about Chevron ramping up its bet I think on that's very important clean deal. energy. That is a deal as well. It was announced this morning. Uh, by the way, what? later in the program, I think you know this, New York City Mayor Eric Adams on return to work and recovering from the pandemic. He's going to join us right here at this desk. David, I don't know if that's allowed. Bell here at the I, big I don't board. know if that's It allowed. is now allowed. We've gotten approvals, well, not I'm, just for him, but for others as well. Give you a look at futures here. We get started with trading 15 minutes from now. A lot more squawk on the street. Straight ahead. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Shehi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. 
You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. All right, we uh, said we got some deals, and uh, there's a look at Chevron, because that's uh, one of the names behind them. Not the biggest deal this morning, but, Jim, one I thought we'd, we'd focus on more than some of the others. We'll get to the First Horizon deal, of course, being bought by TD and perhaps a couple of the others. But, you know, this is important also. There's another U.N. report basically saying uh, climate change is coming so fast that there's really almost, at this point, we're running out of, running out of time. You've heard that before. Chevron buying Renewable Energy Group um, for uh, 61.50 a share. It's an all-cash deal. Yep. Uh, well, total enterprise value, because they got about $400 million in cash, ends mm-hmm. up being a little less than $3 billion. Um, but what's interesting is they're going to. It, it's part of their effort at Chevron to try to get them to 100,000 barrels a day of. Um, you see it right there, of renewable fuels production capacity. Now, by the way, they do about 1.1 million barrels of oil. So, even that they're talking in 2020. They're talking about roughly 10 percent of their 2020 production by 2030. Unclear whether that any of this stuff's going to be enough. Uh, you can take a look there. They've got some projections for us. Kind of reminded me of some of the SPAC projections. 2025, 500 to 600 million in EBITDA. But if you do believe those projections, then you get to a multiple. It's not too bad. Right, but I think the good news here from Mike Worth, CEO of Chevron, is, is that when he upped how much he's going to go from 7 billion to 10 billion, there were analysts. In spending, you're talking yes, about on. For renewables. On, on, right, and right. on, there on were, efforts to reduce carbon. There were analysts and buy side people I spoke to who said, you know what, we got to run from him because he's going to spend a lot of pie in the sky money. Well, this is anything but pie in the sky money. I think it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there is. Uh, CJ Warner was on the CEO of REGI a year ago for Mid Money, and I was really impressed with her. Oh, wow. What she had, yeah, with what she had in terms of renewable fuels capabilities. You're going to have a business that's headquartered names. Yep. She is going to join the the board. When I spoke to Mike today, uh, Mike Worth, it is very clear that his strategy is such that he is going to be ahead of everyone. Uh, well, you know, Exxon might have a couple things to say about that. Well, will they? Yeah, they and will. What will they do with Russia? Uh, they're not that big in no. Russia either. No, um, they're not. They, yeah, that was some good decision making, probably from a long time ago. True. Lee Raymond and the like. Um, but you know, listen. To, to be fair, this thing is well. Be- they're buying it well below its highs. If you yes. take a look, I, well, this, thing, this thing hit highs far above where it's actually getting taken out. Um, it, about a year, a year and a half ago. Um, and even the projected multiple on current EBITDA is below 10. But again, they're talking about it getting below five pretty quickly because they, they do expect a significant generation. They can blow out her That's not showing 
what we were talking about, which is you got to go back it's a nice ways, premium. guys. Yeah, it's a nice premium. But I do think, David, we have to stay close to what Mike, Mike Worth can do with REGI. That's what matters more to me than where it is now. Yeah. And there's ample opportunity for him to grow this. Uh, look, they, they are the king of biodiesel renewables, and she, she, she's been the leader. Right. So, I mean, it's great to have her on the board. I think it matters. Yeah. Uh, we'll go. keep an eye on all this energy transition. Really As we head to a break, the Nasdaq is observing a moment of silence in honor of those who have been affected by that crisis in Ukraine. Fair People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. All right, we got a mad dash. We're uh, getting ready for an opening bell about seven minutes from now. Of course, we are expecting a lower opening. Yes. Uh, a lot of concern for any number of reasons we've gone through. But Teladoc is a name that we've talked about. It's right. gotten hit to a certain extent well, over. Well, okay. here, I don't need right. to. There. This That's, is a Kathy yes. Wood stock, and I'm not saying that we're suddenly at the bottom of Kathy Wood stocks, but they've announced a deal with Amazon, with Alexa and Echo, where you basically can call and get medical help. 24-7. Now, I, I, first of all, I don't know if you have Alexa. Uh, I don't. Alexa has a great memory of everything. Right. So I don't know if you necessarily, I mean, look, I mean, maybe it can be secure and Alexa doesn't know anything about you. Uh, but I think that's going to, you know, people are all excited about this. But I don't know how many people are going to be willing to give Alexa their information. I mean, this morning I said, Alexa, play my favorite music. It knew everything I liked. Went right to Van Morrison and then went to Beethoven 6. Then it went to my uh, Zydeco. I thought it was scary. So I don't know how big Teladoc is going to be in terms of them knowing everything you have. They, well, it's certainly helping the stock price. Well, it's a big short squeeze, and Kathy will probably, because she only buys them when they're going down. But maybe she doubles up on it. But I do think that she has been trying to create a floor on a lot of her stocks. Maybe she gets this one right. You think so? Yeah. Again, I'm not playing armchair general. I'm only going to where I can have an impact. Right. And I say up 10. Uh, she'll probably, she could stand underneath it and buy it. We're still talking about her style of investing, which I regard as being overbearing, but it's loved. All right. But what about this decline, Jim? Because this is reflective of a lot of different names, not just real, not just as a result of pandemic plays, but any well, number of high multiple Nasdaq related these stocks. Are all, these are all considered to be stocks that are death traps, basically. You can't get out. They're like roach motels, you know, because there's just what this market wants is earnings. It doesn't even like uh, any multiple to earnings above eight. Anything to sales is not I mean, Actually, what's happened is if you buy, if you have an eight to sales, okay, it will still buy it. If you have 10, no, 
And if you're losing money, it's entirely awful. Uh, this company, this company bought a company much higher. I just don't want to, I don't want people to buy it up 10. That's got what it. I'm saying. All right. Uh, we got an opening bell a few minutes away for you. Don't go anywhere. All right, welcome back. Uh, we got a minute before we get started with trading uh, here. Uh, opening bell going to be rung by the mayor who will, of New York City, Eric Adams, who will join us uh, shortly thereafter. What, uh, you know, I like to ask you when, when Carl's out, sort of our old thing goes back 20 years, you and me, key to this market, Jim. Is there anything in particular? Yeah, I, I think the key, but I, I, I think the key is Lockheed Martin. I'll tell you why. Lockheed Martin? Yes, because it is the one that is most, they have uh, shoulder fire missiles. Okay. So everyone's all excited that, therefore, they're going to have big numbers. If you see Lockheed Martin reverse, then you'll know that calm and peace should be at least included in your percentages. Yeah. It's the stock that's up the most, S&P stock up the most. Not the oils. And certainly not Schlumberger, which has exposure, 5 to 10, Yibita, to Russia. So let's watch the munitions companies, and I think they're up too much. I'm the seller. All right, there is the opening bell for uh, this Monday. You can take a look at the uh, real-time experience. Here's the mayor of New York, Eric Adams, uh, doing the honors here at the big board. He will join us, as I said, on set in a few minutes. Uh, Over at the NASDAQ, Catalyst Pharmaceuticals focused on treatment of rare diseases. Is it time to go first horizon? Uh, sure. Let's let's go to First Horizon. That's the biggest deal that I've tracked this morning, uh, dollar-wise. That's TD, and we're talking about First Horizon Corporation. Guests you've had on, right? You've had them on. I have First Horizon on every single on Mad Money. For the last, uh, I don't know how many years. It's a large Brian deal. Jordan. It's a fairly significant premium so as well. Thirteen. Let's call it thirteen point four billion. Twenty-five bucks a share. TD getting bigger in the U.S. This is shocking to me because Brian Jordan has been working endlessly and he's made some acquisition for Iberia Bank. Everything he does is greeted with the yawn. Everything. Even though he's a great banker. It's just tremendous cost wrench out. And you know what? In the end, it wasn't enough to move the stock. Why? Because it's tracked by the ETFs. It didn't matter. Brian is a superior banker to and most of the southern bankers. And then along comes TD. Which, by the way, David, I don't think we'll have much antitrust. Right. right? The very fractured market. And it begins, makes you start thinking, wait a second. The big banks have not been allowed to acquire because they have more than 10% of the country. No, the biggest banks are in a whole pattern and have been for years. Put together a... And then they're getting bigger all the time. Does BMO come in? Yep. It will, listen, the U.S. franchise of TD, which, of course, is Canadian, uh, will be a top six U.S. bank, approximately $614 billion in assets. 1,560 what they call stores, used to be called branches, they call them stores. Um, And uh, I'm looking for a deposit number here as well, but it gives you a sense as to the size of the operation. And they have continued to grow through acquisition. There are a lot of banks in this country that are really fed up with their valuations. I think Key is fed up with its valuation. Okay. Key Corp. Yep. Uh, I think Huntington Bank is fed up with its valuation. Right. And I think that these banks are, are going to be open if we have uh, out-of-country acquirers. Uh, but again, to the point you're making, the, the big banks that we often put up, they're not buying anybody. They can't. Uh, they can't. They won't. 10% rule. That's not part of what they can do. Now, can they move into fintech and other areas? Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, but not buying other banks. No. And in the meantime, we have, what we have to watch are the oils, which everyone's trumpeting. Yes. Not going hard. Why not? 
I think because, in large part because we're basically saying that our oil companies aren't necessarily, I mean, our oil companies are a play on West Texas. West Texas crude's barely up. So uh, when we speak with Mike Worth, we can get a view on that. But you need those, you need oil prices to continue to escalate from these levels in order for our banks, our, our oil companies to make money. Our banks, by the way, I, we see everything down because the chain reaction, except for First Horizon. Dave, what do you think about that? I mean, how hurt, hurt is Bank of America by UK? Uh, they're not. Right. They're not. So what? But there are larger implications Rates. of a, and just the general slowdown potentially in yeah. trade, and there could be certain things supply chain-wise that are affected. Uh, I mean, you can get into a lot of things. You know that Ukraine produces a lot of wheat. I had no idea. I think it's what is sunflower oil, some other oil that that comes out of Russia and Ukraine as well. And obviously, then you get to North Dakota produces the most sunflower oil in our country, and I would suspect that they can juice that up significantly. Okay, I didn't Uh, know that either. Yeah. Uh, So, David, let's let's talk about a story that really resonated last week. Tell me, Home Depot versus Lowe's. Home Depot versus Lowe's. Now we are about to embark on the Christmas season of these two companies. Oh, because it's time for planting yes. soon. Right, I've learned and that from you. I think that these have been sold down, sold down, sold down. And I question whether Home Depot is just being conservative in its outlook or whether there's something real. But the reason, the reason I mention this is because Marvin Ellison had a completely different outlook, the CEO of Lowe's. Right. He's talking about margins going up, talking about the business being much better. And Home Depot was saying the opposite. Yep. David, this is quizzical to me. Because we traditionally trade these together. So I But you seem focused. to be more favorable now to Lowe's. I think that's that what I Nelson. picked up last week. Obviously, they'd had a much better response to their quarter than did Home Depot, the guidance for which was not met with great enthusiasm by investors. Marvin Ellison contacted me and gave me, uh, well, it's not, it's not giving me any special insight, but just the idea of where they are in the transition versus where Home Depot is, says that Lowe's is the better buy. It will be settled, David, by Target, which is tomorrow. And that's a very, very big deal because discretionary. Um, Speaking of discretionary, Best Buy on March 3rd with a 3% yield, where a lot of people dumping on it. I don't know about that. Mm -hmm. So I'm staying focused on retail because that's this week's activity. By the way, can I just talk about the semiconductor for a second? Absolutely. Talk all you want. What goes down the most in pre-market trading are the semis. They probably have the least exposure to Russia. No, you have exposure to Europe. Well, meanwhile, they're but, not down much right now. Well, no, what I'm at saying is, these are the, like, who these are, are these people who come in at 4.30 and I don't know. blast out of these semiconductor stocks? Who are these people? I call them morons. <laughs> You're up listening to Zydeco music, apparently. I happen to like the Balfour Brothers. Zydeco, huh? Well, I like actually Cajun I think I didn't music. pick that up. I heard that. I like Cajun That's music. unexpected. There's not that enough of it. I just always like Cajun um, I went to the, used to go to the French Quarter Festival. It's really pretty amazing. Uh, let's talk a little Berkshire here, which we don't talk that often. The four uh, Obviously, the Buffett's end. earnings yeah. out. Yeah, talking about Apple. I mean, they do own a lot of Apple. Uh, 5.55%. It went up a bit because Apple continues to buy back stock. Right. Um, He's a happy shareholder. He is. It's been a great performer for uh, Mr. Buffett since the time that uh, they bought it. It's single largest uh, position. Obviously, they also have Burlington Northern as a standalone right. company they that they natural, own. They have big uh, oil and gas, uh, but yes, remember, do. it is it really pipes. But that's those businesses have seemingly the, the stocks have traded up. Mm-hmm. 
and then Geico, the insurers have not traded. Berkshire's up. had a good year in the stock market, though. Well, Look at that, a 30. Now, by the way, he likes his stock. They bu- basically during the quarter bought back as much uh, a stock worth almost exactly what they earned. You know, it's like 27 billion, 27 billion, something along those lines. They still have 144 billion of cash. We've been talking for a long time about why Buffett hasn't done the big deal. And he continues to sort of indicate that he's just not finding a lot that excites him right now. Why doesn't he, as Apple's multiple expands, why doesn't he turn seller? Uh, I don't know. Maybe against taxes. I happen to like Apple very much, obviously. I don't know. But I'm watching a lot of stocks, David, do well versus what we thought would happen. And again, I think that's because you have companies that do not have to, much to do with this rather small economy of Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the panic that seems to be in the air is not being Yeah, you don't have to catch it. Stocks. It is rather small. I mean, the state of Texas has a bigger economy than does Russia, I believe. But does, should, should Ulta Butte, should this have anything to do with the price during multiple of Ulta Butte? No, it shouldn't. So? It shouldn't. Um, and on that note, I see Tesla shares are up. Well, um, there was a Tony Saganegi. He did bump his price target. Remember, we got to always stay close to Saganegi because he gets it both ways. He can speak positively, but his price target still remains incredibly low versus where the stock is, but he doesn't, you know. But he says margins could go higher. I love to be able to have it both ways. If we could only have it both ways, David, I think that this uh, situation in Ukraine is tragic, but it's also uh, enlightening. I mean, you can't have it both ways. Meaning what, Jim? Well, you can't have a price target of 400 and change. And, 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 and be speaking positively well, when you just, think the stock's kind of, going to get cut in half? kind of counterintuitive. It is. That's a, I think right. that's a fair point. But he'll be on at what time today? I don't know. I don't does he get know. dental? What does he get? Uh, by the way, I don't, how do you feel about Tesla at, uh, these days at this level? I still like Tesla very much. I just think that the Germans have to kind of relent and let him sell. Well, you mean get the, all the final approvals for the yeah. Berlin I mean, gigafactory the so that EV. they can start to produce yeah, I think for the European market instead of having ever. to move automobiles from either here or China exactly. over there. So I, I, am, I think it's a buyer. You do? I do. I do. And obviously GM and Ford as well, if I last remember, right? You haven't. I have still like the positive on both. Because I think that it, they're rapidly going away from ICE, internal combustion, they're moving to EV. So, David, the stocks that are down, people right now are trying to figure out why I sold Sempra Energy when Sempra Energy does well here. By the way, that's one of the greatest performers, that and AEP. When you want to see stocks that do well, think about those. Jeff Martin doing a fantastic job at Sempra. Yeah. It almost fits to be high. I'm well, just talking about, I'm trying to be a little more balanced in terms of the I understand. negativity. I understand. I'm not it's saying, not, I'm not pounding the drum on Robin Hood here. Jim, the S&P, as you pointed out, we had a very strong day Friday for yes. the markets. The S&P is down less than 1%. You, you can see right there the NASDAQ also down less than 1%. Well, How much negativity are we talking about here? Well, I just think that we should stop trading as if we're in Europe. You know, at one point, Germany and France well, were, were down less than the United States. Yeah. Listen, there is the prospect of, a, you know, of, of increased hostilities, right. concern about a nuclear conflagration. Well, I mean, I mean you know, Germany's then the, our conversation are, might be a little different. Well, just in terms of like... be more than a few days to recover from that. Right, but Germany... Yeah. Right. Oh, no, no. I mean, 
the nuclear war. I remember, David, yeah. I had to put my head in the cubby. I know. During the, the Berlin, during the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis. Some people are comparing this to the Bay of Pigs. I thought you were going to say during the Berlin Airlift. Ber- You're Berlin. not that old. <laughs> Berlin Airlift was another on the brink moment. Yes. David, the technology stocks that are being uh, pushed here tend to have no earnings and very few sales, and yet the analysts are all rallying behind them. All right, so give me a give me some names that you know, and give our viewers some names right now. You mentioned it earlier during the Mad Dash. Yeah, if you sell at eight times sales, maybe you still just, get a bid. I'm not a, but I'm really, not a what people want are companies that are, person. are producing earnings I'm, right I'm now. I'm not making a stand in Everbridge right here. So where are you going to make your stand, Jim? I'm not. Um, Alteryx is not my favorite stock. Uh, I'll make a stand on Workday, which reports tonight. Workday, really? Your buddy Emil Busri, okay. Yeah, I'll make a stand on HPQ. No kidding. Yes, I will. I'll make a stand on those. Okay. I think HPQ, I think it, Enrico Lauri is going to deliver a very good number. It sells at even, eight times. Even eight with time. Dell and the response it got in the market for what were lackluster, in a way? Dell's quarter, was, Dell's quarter was not great. It just wasn't great. I was surprised. A lot of people were surprised. Well, they cited sort of supply chain, some you know issues there I as well. I think Enrico Lourdes, I don't know, but he's going to be on tonight. And he's on Mad Money tonight? On tonight. Yes, and I just think that both of them have decent stories. I know that Workday trades down horribly after almost every quarter, so I'm not telling people to go in. I'll just be on YouTube. Um, don't Tucker Carlson me. Never. All right, we are uh, 12 minutes into trading. S&P down a little over 1% right now. Of course, we will stay very much focused on the markets. But we're also going to have a lot to talk about with that man. He's the New York City Mayor, Eric Adams. And will join us here on set in a moment. Before we head to break, let's give you a quick report on the bond market. You know, we were above 2% on the 10-year briefly last week. But we have fallen again below that at 1877. You can take a look in terms of where yields are on the two-year all the way up. To 30 at 2.218. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Squawk on the Street. Rick Santelli here live with breaking news. Our latest read, which is February for Chicago PMI, expecting a number of around 62. Big disappointment, 56.3, 56.3. The last time we had a number this low, we have to go all the way back to August of 2020. And do remember, it was May of 2020 that had a 38-year low at 32.1. The good news is uh, 56.3 is 6.3 points above the expansion contraction line at 50. And we all know that there are many events, whether it's what's going on in Russia, of course, or what's going on with the uh, remnants of COVID and Omicron that are having an effect on the psyche of investors. But ultimately, we're hoping this turns around. We see markets in a bit of turmoil. And, of course, we're looking at big jobs report on Wednesday and Friday. David Faber, back to you. Thank you, Rick. Well, fresh off ringing this morning's opening bell, New York City Mayor Eric Adams joins us right here at Post 9. The city is poised to end its school mask mandate and indoor vaccination requirements next week as it continues to recover from the worst, of course, of uh, the virus's health and economic impact. So nice to have you here. Thank you. Hope it's the first of many visits. You know, we're not far from City Hall. (laughs) Anytime you want to come down. Let's talk about what uh, the mask mandate going away 
uh, will mean, not just for the school children in the city, but obviously for people who come here and work as well? Well, you know, it's a combination when you think about it. Uh, moving our economy forward is not only uh, substantive things we must do, keeping our city safe, but it's also symbolism. Um, when, you, when we take off the mask, we're going to start to show that we're open, we're ready to do business. may start out as two days a week, going back into the office, then expand to five. But it's just a symbol that we are back, and it was so important. Yeah, you know, you say expand to five. I will tell you that Jim and myself probably talk to more leaders of organizations than most people do. And, Mr. Mayor, I mean, so many of them would love to have people back as often as they can, but the workers don't all want to show up regularly. And I, I do wonder what it will mean if, let's say, we get to 60 or 70 percent. But that's it. Mm -hmm. That's where we get. What will that mean to Midtown, to the downtown area in terms of the central business districts in New York? Uh, your question is so important because we're not understanding the, the connection. If you're a CPA and you have as a client a large number of restaurants, but you're home, then people are not going to give business to those restaurants. Those are your clients. You're not going to make sure dishwashers are employed. Uh, everyone that feeds your uh, business is going to be impacted. So we have to see the financial ecosystem that we are in this together. New York City runs on being in the office. That's why we have to get back into the office. But aren't, you, aren't, you, aren't you worried about that, though? Again, because it does seem as though there's been a seminal shift in the way people work. Yes, I, I am worried about it. But here's what I do know. Let's make people safe. Um, part of their uh, apprehension is really fostered in the fact that people don't feel safe in their city, the transportation system. If I bring about the safety that's needed and show the excitement of being back in the city, bringing tourism back, enjoying the office atmosphere, New York is going to come back and be part of the economy. Well, Mr. Mayor, it's great to adapt here, first of all. Uh, I want to talk, follow up on your anti-crime stance, which is well known. Uh, there's a Walgreens down the block, uh, Dwayne Reed, and they put up chocolate in the morning. And they expect it to be stolen midday. Another one of my stores that I like to go to has changed hours. Why? Because of theft. Um, I know that you're going to clamp down on this. How do you do it? Well, and you, and you know, what you said is so important. They expect for someone to steal it. That's what has happened in the city. We've ero eroded our expectation to be safe, to be able to have any, a, a business. That erosion must stop. And we were there before during the mid-80s when I was a rookie cop. And I'm saying, you're not walking into my store, stealing what you want, selling it on the sidewalk, right in front of the store. You're not going to have homelessness in our, our subway system. We have to stop the normality of a city of being dysfunctional. Normality. Yeah. That's how I feel it's But at the same time, you have an effort you began la a week ago to try to move the homeless out of the uh, subways. Mm -hmm. That's not an easy effort. And by the way, then, you know, they end up, I mean, listen, we have a homeless crisis here. We spend more than any city in the country by far. Right. But we right. still don't seem to be able to get a handle on both homelessness and the mentally ill. You know, isn't that a long-term problem? No, it is a long-term problem. We're going to manage the expect expectations of people, but at the same time, there are steps to what we must do. We created an environment where we said it's all right to use the subway system as housing. Those days are over. We need to first get people off the subway system, sleeping, living there with all of their belongings, and then get them the mental health 
services that they need, and that is what we're doing. And I have to take my hat off to the MTA, the police, mental health professionals, and we're going to continue to evolve the plan to make sure that we, we are going to be yeah, successful. Yeah, but again, you, know, you get somebody out of the subway, and then they're just, they're on the street. I right, mean, and it's, 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 it's an evolution. Now, we have to, I really believe we have to re-examine some of our laws, that if we know a person is dangerous to themselves or others, we need to give them the care that they need. Our laws don't allow us to do that. We have a law called Kendra's Law. We need to strengthen that law. So it's imperative that we no longer take the thought process that people should be allowed to be harmful to themselves and others. But I'm going to do my job as to make sure they get the services they need. All right, Mr. Mayor, I have been a believer in crypto. I think that people should have 5% of their assets in whichever one they want, okay? You have been a believer in crypto. Can you further a cause where United, United States, New York, be the leader. Uh, we, we must be the leader. Uh, think about this for a moment. I took my first three paychecks uh, in uh, cryptocurrency. But the governor is doing something else that many people are missing. She's saying we should not be so difficult to open a crypto company here in the city. Because right now, no one wants to open a company here. Right. So she said, let's make sure we have the right safeguards in place, but let's also attract those exciting business. Listen, I'm a compassionate capitalist. I don't know what the heck happened to our country where the foundation of our existence has been on capitalism. Why are we apologizing for being capitalists, for working hard, for opening small businesses and hopefully one day open a corporation? We've allowed people to embarrass us for the foundation of our existence. I'm a compassionate capitalist and I'm not going to apologize yeah. for that and we should encourage new businesses to be here but be compassionate in our actions. The guy who helped make this the financial capital of the world is buried not far from here in Hamilton <laughs> right across the street but I mean it gets to the point there are a lot of fintech companies that are here yes. you know, these new companies that are challenging the existing stra uh, structures in place yes. and they're hiring a lot of people now yes. a lot of may not be coming to the office but what are you going to do to engender an environment that says hey you know what fintech company be here in New York this is where you should be it's a financial capital well uh, number one uh, we should stop being so difficult to do business in you know in, people don't want to do business in New York because of the layers of bureaucracy True. my team is removing the culture of Kent and we're putting in place the culture of can. Just because we don't understand the business structure, you can't start off with saying, but we never done that before. No, those days are over. We're gonna learn to evolve with the changing markets that we are facing. We should be excited about learning something new. We have a culture in our city that starts off what we can't do. We're now moving to a culture of what we can do, and that's the exciting time. You know, I wonder what you can do, sorry, Jim. That's uh, right. With, with the budget, because mm. uh, I, I have tended through the years to actually be a student of the New York City budget for right. some reason. It was right. $103 billion coming into this year. You're now cut it, I think, to 98. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know, the state of Florida, though, has a $92 billion budget. How right. do you explain the fact that New York City, with less than half as many people as the state of Florida, has a budget that's bigger? Well, well think about this for a moment. What I've done, uh, we have not witnessed before. Normally, each year, budgets go up. What happened with me? Budget went down. I went to my agencies to say, we're going to use taxpayers' dollars better. We're going to stop being uh, inefficient. We're going to find core savings and produce a better product. And that's what technology will help us to make sure that we can run a city better. If, you, if New York was a Fortune 500 company, we would be bankrupt. That <laughs> we also have a lot of employees, <laughs> right. 310,000 people. And we were able to decrease manpower without layoffs or furloughs. 
We looked at those vacancies and in a very smart way, we said let's balance our number of employees so that we make sure we could have the right number to run the city in an efficient way. We should be really uh, commendable, commended on how we were able to show New York is what I stated. We're going to run a financially efficient city because these are taxpayers' dollars and I'm going to protect them. That would be terrific. Now, uh, Mr. Mario, I preface this by saying I am a 76er fan, but my wife is a diehard <laughs> net fan and was one of the first season ticket holders. I'm concerned. I feel that the Sixers have the run of the joint unless Kyrie Irving is able to play at home. Will you, what will you do to make it so Kyrie Irving can play at home? Listen, I want Kyrie on the court. You know, I would do anything to get that ring. <laughs> so, you know, so badly I want, I want it. But there's so much at stake here. And, you know, I, I spoke with the owner of the team. We want to find a way to get Kyrie on the court. But this is a bigger issue. I can't have my city closed down again. And I, it would send the wrong message just to have an, an exception for one player when we're telling a countless number of New York City employees, if you don't follow the rules, you but, won't but, be able to be employed. That's but, not the but right But the away teams have a considered advantage because they could have unvaccinated. They're allowed to play. That doesn't seem right. Makes no sense. And I don't know who thought of putting such a ridiculous <laughs> rule in place of away teams can come and play when um, our teams from New York. But these are the rules, and I have to, I have to follow the rules. If I don't, I'm going to open the door that is sending a wrong message to everyday employees. Absolutely. Businesses have their vaccine mandates. City employees have their um, vaccine mandates. I have to follow the rules. And trust me, I want Kyrie on the court. We are here right now opening our city because of vaccine mandates. True. We can't close down again. I can't have my city closed down again. Uh, well, Mr. Mayor, we appreciate your coming by. Thank you. We hope to see you again yes, uh, look as well to. in the near future. Uh, Mayor uh, Eric Adams in New York City. Um, Jim, we'll turn to you quickly. Tell us uh, on Mad Money I've tonight. i work day, which is high multiple. Okay. And Neil Bushry, an old friend of yours. And I've got, and, and Mickey Loris. Now, HP is incredibly undervalued in terms of more than half of, uh, less than of the market multiple, about eight times. So let's see how the high ones and the low ones do. And I thought that having the mayor on was a great choice. Oh, it was great. It's great to have him with us. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.